Welcome to Rainer's Radio, practical training for joint heirs with Christ, with your host, Diane Thomas. Good evening, and welcome to Rainer's Radio. This is Diane Thomas, your host. Let's just take a moment, and anything else that's going on, anything else you're doing, just put it aside, or even if you need to come back when you can do that, when you can put things aside. Because really part of our our purpose is to make ourselves deliberately available to God. And we're reminded that he's right there. He's sitting next to you. He's, He's right there with you. You don't have to get his attention. You don't have to qualify for his attention. He's absolutely focused on you. So one of the things I think we have a tendency to do is, you know, not want him to be aware of everything that's going on. Because then when we pray and we talk to him, we can put things a certain way so we get a certain response. We do that with people all the time. Well, we do that with God too. And just to to remind you, he knows everything. He knows your struggles. He knows what you're having problems with, and he's fine with that. Part of our challenge is we avoid hard things. We avoid things that we struggle with. For some reason, I guess, we think that God doesn't know about the, the struggles, and so we want him to think we're doing fine. We want him to think we're right on track and that we've got our act together and that we're confident and sure of ourselves and not hurting and we love everybody and we're doing everything we think that will make him happy, that what a good Christian will be. Well, you're not fooling him. You may be fooling yourself, you may be fooling other people, but God already knows what's exactly what's going on in your soul. He knows what you're struggling with. He knows what needs to be healed, what needs to be restored. And he's fine with that. He's, he's there for that purpose. Remember, your spirit is one with his spirit already. So his spirit knows everything that's going on not only in your spirit, but in your soul and even in your body. He doesn't want us to live burdened and avoiding him and just thinking we need to just live it out until we die, then everything will be great. We put up with, tolerate so much that... I don't think God intends for us to tolerate. Now, his goal and his purpose is to restore our soul to its right relationship with our spirit. Again, your spirit's already been restored to right relationship with him. So this is not about a spiritual relationship with God. It's not about your spirit at all. It's about your soul. It's about your soul needing to be restored to your spirit. 
And our what we've been talking about is becoming familiar with our soul. Becoming introspective, becoming aware of what our soul is and what it's capable of doing. A lot of this is just in our in our thoughts, in our actions and in our emotions, again, in our soul, and very often depending on your situation or your temperament, the way God puts you together in your soul, very often that determines how you approach bringing your soul, restoring your soul back to relationship with God. In other words, if it's, if you're, basically an emotional person, that's how you're going to judge how you're doing. Do you feel better? Do you feel closer to God? It's going to be based on your feelings, your emotions. If, if you're much more uh, of a high-will person, it's going to be about your actions. When things start going right, when you start saying the right things, when things fall into place, you make the right choices, you make the right decisions, you, you feel like, okay, I'm, I'm in tune with God now, I'm pleasing him, because things are working out, my projects are going well, my relationships are going well, things are going well for me. And then same way with our, with our thoughts, our, what we think when we think we understand, okay, this is how this works. This is what I'm supposed to be doing. This is how I'm supposed to be uh, cooperating with God. This is based on our understanding, our mind. All of those are in our soul, and none of them, no part of your soul has been fully restored until all of it is restored. We're still in process. Now, we're all making progress because God is the one progressing us. He is rest- he's the one doing the actual work. But we have a tendency to evaluate and judge how we're doing based on the strengths of our emotions, not necessarily on our weaknesses. Now, your soul has strengths and weaknesses that God gave you. He doesn't hold them against you, but you also don't get credit for them either. Every society, every culture has things about people that they value. And, you know, let's say intelligence or creativity or strength, being, you know, leadership. Those are things that any society, a society will have determined this is valuable for us. So there's a tendency to build on that. Now, just because you're building on it and just because it's successful doesn't mean it doesn't need to be healed, that it doesn't need to be restored. In fact, it might need to be restored more so because it's gotten so much stronger because you've successfully used it rather than depending on the spirit of God to flow through your spirit and into your soul and then into your body. Very often our strengths are are our greatest weaknesses. 
But that's still God's problem. This is one of the things we're trying to focus on. You know, when you're when you're really working on something and you hit a roadblock, very often the best way to approach it is to focus on something else. If you're trying to figure out a specific problem, how do I deal with, you know, whether it's how do I deal with this person, how do I solve this problem with, with my spouse in, at work, how do I do this calculus problem? Very often, a best, one of the best solutions or approaches is to concentrate on something else, focus on something else, and let your soul, your mind, will, and emotions work through the problem without you focusing on it, without your own strength muddying the water. This is where God can come in and reveal this is the answer to your problem. This is what the, the solution is. And that's part of our challenge that we're, lo- we're looking at now is we are, we are, instead of focusing on the healing that we need, the restoration that we need, for God to reveal to us the lies, we're going to assume that he is going to do that. We don't need to focus on it. He's going to do that. He is doing it. We've talked before about the iceberg, that we only see one one one-hundredth of the iceberg. There's 99% of the iceberg is underwater. Well, that's what God is doing in your life right now. He's he's the 99% where you don't see what he's doing. But that 1% can be a real distraction. And so by looking at our supernatural abilities and learning how the soul works, what, what the supernatural realm is, what the solical realm is, how our abilities work, we're focusing on something that's close to what God is doing, but we're letting him do his work and, and still being profitable with the time and effort and energy by learning about our soul, you're going to have to learn about it one way or another, whether it's in this life or the next life. Learning about how our soul works is part of the restoration process. But we are, we are working with God in some parts, and a lot of parts, he's doing it all on his own. It's the same way in the natural we didn't, we, when, when you were a little baby and learning how to crawl, you didn't ask God, should I crawl? You didn't focus on pleasing God by crawling. You just, you're, you, it was a part of your development. It was part of your physical development. Well, Christians especially have neglected their solical development. And I think part of it is the misunderstanding and the muddying between the solical and the spiritual. Remember, you are a spirit. That's who your true identity. That's your true nature is spirit. Spirit begets spirit. We've been begotten of God. But you have a soul, and you live in a temporary body. 
The soul and the spirit are two different things, just as your soul and your body are two different things. There are different laws that that govern each one of those realms, each one of those areas. Now, spirit has authority and responsibility over the other realms, over the supernatural and the solical and the natural. Spirit reigns supreme. Spirit is God. There are only two kinds of spirit beings, God and regenerated spirit beings, you and I. If you've been born again, you are a spirit being, a living spirit being. Now, if you've not been born again, you're a dead spirit being, which means the only source of life you have is your soul, which that's a problem because the needs of your soul will never be met by your soul. This is not about sinning. This is not about overcoming and pleasing God and where you're going to spend eternity. It's about your relationship. It's about being restored to what God created you to be as a spirit being, part of him. Now, we have a hard time understanding that because we're so disconnected. We we have these filters, these misconceptions about what it would look like to be fully restored, fully in God. What would that look like? And again, our, our best example is, you know, what we've read, the the interpretation, the trans, translation of the stories of Jesus Christ, the Son of God walking around. This is what he did. This is what he said. And yet we have to remember that he was sent with a purpose. And his focus was to fulfill that purpose. Now, how he did that, we can learn. He he depended on his father. He was one with his father. He loved people. He loved the creation. He loved and gave because his father's nature was one with the son's nature. Now, that looked, that appeared and acted out according to God's own purpose. And, you know, I believe that when he sent his son, his his son knew, okay, I'm going to go to earth and this is what I'm going to do. But once he got here started out just like you and I in a little baby's form. And that little baby had to learn how to know his father just like you and I. Now, there's a huge difference is he never sinned. He never was separated in his spirit. So he never had the, his soul never had to be restored because his soul was always one with his spirit. That's the real distinction. It's not just that, he had a different assignment, but his process was totally different. But that, so that's the kind of thing we want to look at. He, Jesus always had 100% confidence in the love his father had for him. He still had to learn it and experience it and share it and give it, but once he had that confidence... Because he was a spirit being, it was a done deal. He didn't go back and forth. You know, we, you know, a lot of times we call it backsliding, where we question. You know, we have these religious terms, you know, by faith. 
we do things by faith, we believe, you know, in righteousness, and we have all our terminology. And this, this is true about what's our solical abilities as well. But very often, all we're really doing is trying to deflect from what our real issues are. Now, Jesus went through, he had a soul when he was walking around here on this earth. So he had a mind, he had a will, and he had emotions. He was probably frustrated and discouraged and lonely and excited and joyful and couldn't wait for the next day. So he had a wide range of emotions. He had, you know, he he had to learn things. We talked before about, I, you know, I don't think Lazarus was the first friend he, he raised. How, how do you learn how to raise somebody from the dead? Maybe you start with animals. Maybe you start with, you know, people in, that have been in the grave for, for centuries or a week. Who, how do you do that? He did it. I, I don't think he just all, you know, I don't think the first person that he tried to raise from the dead was risen from the dead. I think he had to learn how to do it. It's the same way as, as walking on water, turning water into wine. I don't think it worked the first time or the second or the third. I think he learned these things. He learned how his supernatural abilities in his soul, he learned how they worked the same way we are to learn how they work. Now, we're doing that in a sense so God can have free reign to restore our soul. But by our being aware of what's going on in our soul, we can appreciate and partner with God as he reveals. Because again, even if it's that iceberg, even if it's only, we only see one one-hundredth, God wants us to see the one one-hundredth. He wants us to see our soul as it's restored. Now, he hides that 99% so we don't interfere, so we don't get distracted, so we don't get involved, because this is his job. He restores our soul. We learn about our soul. We, we master our soul. We, as a spirit, you have authority and responsibility over your soul. As those parts of your soul are restored and healed and the truth is revealed to your soul and in your soul and through your soul, as that change happens, that authority and responsibility that is in your spirit starts to function in your soul. Now, even if you're not a spirit being, even if you're not a Christian, your soul has authority and responsibility. It has authority and responsibility in the supernatural realm within your soul. That's how your your soul has been functioning, is your soul has been trying to meet your own needs because God gave it responsibility and authority in your soul and over your body. It's your soul that controls your body. 
The problem is, is our soul cannot, there's no source of life in our soul. So we will never be satisfied and content as as God chooses. Now there's a lot, you know, there's a lot of people who go through this life never needing, never recognizing a need for God. And that's God's choice. If he if he unless he draws, unless he points out the need, unless he he says you know, come sup with me. We can't, our soul isn't going to look for a solution because it doesn't recognize a problem. So for you and I, our problem, our our solution is that God is already working on the big part, the 99% part. But we still have a soul. And he still wants us to learn how to exercise the responsibility and the authority. Just as we have a body, excuse me, a body that he wants us to learn how to exercise responsibility and authority. Like um, oh, probably a lot of you drive. When you are, are driving, you're using every aspect of your physical being. You know, you're looking in the windows, in the mirrors, you're looking for brakes, to put the brakes on. You're looking at different aspects of of driving using your natural senses. And that's what your natural senses are for. There's a purpose and a plan there. We don't ignore it. We don't say, I'm not going to use my physical senses. I'm not going to learn how to walk. I'm not going to. I'm going to let other people Tell me what what I should be seeing. I'm going to let other people be my body, be my physical presence. We don't do that. We have accepted that our physical presence, our body, has a role in and a duty and a responsibility as a physical person in this world. We have to take care of it. We feed it. And we use our body to to serve other people, to hug other people, to to live in this world. And yet, so many Christians have ignored and neglected what our supernatural, our soulical abilities are. Again, regardless of whether you're a Christian or not, we all have those supernatural abilities. But we have focused so much either on the natural you know so much of uh, of what we're taught in churches are and even about sin is about behavior and behavior is about the physical you know we we are, we're going to get into trouble if we start saying you're doing something wrong in your conscience you know you're you're thinking wrong that's hate speech that's you know you're being you know we're trying to read what what's in the heart of others that's always going to be a problem well, we can point to their behavior. Somebody who steals, somebody who's violent, somebody who runs away from their problems, you know, gets, keeps getting fired, can't handle money, is addicted to gambling. Those are behaviors. And we understand, we recognize problems in the soul, in the, in the physical being, so much more readily than we do in our soul. 
And I think, again, part of that is because we have a hard time differentiating between, for each one of us as individuals, between our spirit, our soul, and our body. So when we talk about, you know, and this was, was part of the homework, is think about when you, when you experience God, when you experience his presence. Very often we talk about we feel his presence. Is that a physical feeling that, you know, very often it's a weight. Sometimes people will have a fragrance. We smell something. Sometimes we see things. So those are all physical ways, using our natural body, that we, we perceive the presence of God. What we also want to learn is, solically, how do we experience the presence of God? And this is where, when we start talking about the different translations that have come out over, you know, since since the beginning, the the you know we've we've established a religious terminology and hierarchy and focus and um, emphasis to what some people call the spiritual gifts. We don't call them spiritual gifts. We call them supernatural because they're part of the, our soul, which functions in the supernatural realm. But they're also not gifts. In the sense of they're not something that God gave us after the fact. And they're abilities. Just as in your physical being, you have abilities. You have the ability to walk, to see, to hear. Those are part and parcel of your physical body. Likewise, in your soul, you have abilities that over time have been characterized and, and discussed in terms of being something that we are, you know, that are beyond us, that are so special. They're, you know, they're tied to anointings and callings and ministries and levels. Who's going to, you know... We need to be at a certain level in order to heal people. And yet what God has said is, is, is these, you know, we are not to be ignorant of how the devil works. We're also not to be ignorant of how our own soul works. Because those are all, the reason we are still here, isn't it amazing? All God had to do was save us, knock us on the head, kill us, and take us to the next thing. And we wouldn't have to go through any of this. And that he doesn't do that tells us that there's something about that he values and that we should value about the process. And part of the process is learning about how our soul works, how the supernatural realm works. God's going to do the hard part. We, we can trust him. We can rely on him. We can have confidence in him. And we the more... Just as in our physical, we all see, we all smell, we all taste. We, have, we can identify our senses and our physical, physical abilities. Our goal, one of our goals can be to have that same approach to our supernatural soul. That our soul, our mind, will, and emotions can tune, can understand God in terms of our abilities. Just to give you an example, and, you know, we're, we're always running out of time, 
but um, the word of wisdom, you know, that's, that's considered a gift, or the word of knowledge, or the gift of healing, any, any of these things. We, we classify it, we determine this is what it is, this is how you get it, this is what you do with it. We look to books, we look to other people who, you know, are doing it, and we look to other people to define any of these things. And yet God has declared himself our guidance counselor, our teacher, our director. He's the one who gave us the abilities. He himself can teach us how they work. Our part is to show up, is to, to show up for class, to, to do the homework, to have an expectation that what God is drawing you to, we've talked about this too, what is he laying on your mind? What is he laying on your heart? What are the desires of your heart that he has given you? How much then time then and attention and focus are you giving to those things? You know, if you, if you were, wanted to be a marathon runner, you would come up with a training schedule. Well, let's say God has put it on your heart to learn how to, to physically heal or raise the dead or do miracles or, you know, word of knowledge, whatever it is. How much time and effort and energy are you training? You know, have 99 mistakes for every one time you get it right. It doesn't matter what the ratio is. As long as it takes, the, your, your abilities are like senses, are like muscles. The more you use them the more comfortable they will become, the more reliable, the more confidence you will have is all I need to do is start running, the muscles, you know, sometimes you need to stretch, all these other things. It's part of who and what your soul already is. It's just become dormant. Your soul has, has by reason of use, atrophied. And, and as we start using our soul, our solical muscles, we will start learning how our soul, how those solical muscles work and what we can do with them. And this is something we, we want to embrace and recognize that it's something God wants for us, is to know how to use our solical abilities, our solical muscles. So, so continue doing what you're doing and focus on, on what God has placed on your heart and experiment. Just do it more. Find more creative ways. If you're only focusing on, you know, on these things once a day, spread it out three times a day. Even if it's like half an hour that you were spending time with him about it, do ten minutes, you know, three different times. Keep, keep just keep going. Keep, keep yourself motivated. Keep focused on that which you know you're going to get results with. So thanks for tuning in. We'll be getting back together again the same time. If you have any questions, drop me a line at dianeatherainersclub.org. Till next week, this has been Diane Thomas. Have a good night.